You know what most coaches suck at? Asking for help. Myself absolutely included. We put the whole team on our backs, figure things out on our own, and wear it as a badge of honor. But that's been hands down the biggest lesson that I've learned during this coaching sabbatical. The ultimate quote-unquote shortcut is a team. Which is ironic, right? Because we're supposed to be teaching young women how to be a part of a team. Yet head coaches especially try to do it all ourselves. So listen closely today, not just for the actionable tips and advice we try to give, but to the tone of validation and confidence you hear from a small group of coaches who come together to support each other. Today we're sharing one of my favorite parts of the business, our coach think tank. You'll hear from two of our members, Alexis and Carly, and we're discussing what to do when your team is not focusing. And if you're wondering how to join the Think Tank, it's actually reserved for the folks in our higher tier programs, but you do get access to our private Facebook as a bonus to our other programs. If you'd like to fill your coaching toolbox with mental drills, head to mentalsweetspot.com slash forward for the fail forward practice bundle. And if you'd like to give your team a mental game boost, reach out to Alicia, Alicia at mentalsweetspot.com to bring her in to consult with your girls. She can do it in person if you're close to her in Michigan or virtually. All right, team, let's do this. On to the show. Get your head in the game, coach. You're about to get your audio dose of softball inspiration. I'm Melanie Rushing. And I'm Alicia Smith. And we help softball teams win more games and have more fun. Right now, you're joining thousands of passionate coaches across the nation who are dragging the field, prepping for the day, or driving to that other job while they learn and grow as a coach. So if you're ready to learn how to build a strong team culture, get your players to believe, and make a real difference in their lives, you're in the right place. This is the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. Hey everyone, Mel here, and we are here for a fun new type episode. We just brought our girl Alexis in. We were having a chat for our think tank and decided that we're just going to chit chat about her team and how it's going. She's got a topic I know everyone here <laughs> has been through over and over again. Um, so we're going to talk about what to do when your girls can't seem to make the routine plays or the adjustments that seem simple. I'm just flashing back to games in my head right now as I say this. <laughs> so Alexis, I'm going to throw the mic to you. Tell us about uh, your team, what they're doing and what's going on. Yeah. So we um, are obviously, I think most of it's like we're past adjusting to the COVID stuff. Um, I think we had our fall season, so it was helpful that we had that and um, they've actually done a really good job of following all the rules and everything. But um, I think right now it's just, we're four games into the season. We're in our, in our third week. And the, it's not that the other team, the other teams have been playing well too. So it's not like they're just straight up better than us, but at the same time, I think we're like kicking ourselves in the foot, I guess that's not the right phrase, but you know what I mean? Um, but I think it's just, like the lack of focus and practices or the lack of um, I don't know if there's even a lack of something, but we're, we're just struggling making those routine plays and games or putting the tags down right after we've worked on those things in practice. So I guess it's just adjusting from what we're working on in practice and incorporating that into the game that we're struggling with right now. For sure. And just to clarify, like these are things they do find in practice, right? And then all of a sudden during games, it falls below. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Been there. Um, <laughs> so this is for sure ringing true. And I think the number one thing that causes this is focus. So I'm not surprised that you said practice has been unfocused too. Like the, the talking when you're talking and the not paying attention to the instructions <laughs> or like making bonehead plays 
in the practice. Uh, it definitely translates right over to the games. And I feel like most kids are like the unhelpful kind of optimistic where they think like, that's fine. <laughs> I'll remember in game time, but we're, we know, no, <laughs> we need to get this done now. Uh, Alicia, can you uh, chime in on your experience with this? Share a story of how your girls have gone through this too. Because Alexis, for those of you guys who don't know, coaches D3 level. So she's got 18 to 22 year olds. Uh, and Alicia's got 15 to 18 year olds, usually, right? Yeah. Um, more like 16, usually on varsity. But you get the point. Um, share your stories too. Yeah, I think one of the most common things that happens uh, to us is, is the throwing. Like it just, there's those days where the ball seems to go all over the field and everywhere, but the glove, right. Or where it's supposed to go. And so I'm very adamant that they have a routine when they get to the field, they, they line their bags up behind the dugout. They grab the few items that they need for practice, bring it into the dugout, put it in their cubbies. And then they go out together as a team and they have to wait for everyone and they start their warm up, right? So they do their lap. There's only one lap. I don't know why it's only one lap, but it's always been one lap. And then they start the dynamic warm up. And at this time, I allow them to talk about whatever they want to talk about. It's always about the school, the day, the relationships, you know, and they're laughing and they're having a good time and that's totally okay. But my rule is when they come and grab the ball and they start throwing, it either has to be completely talking only softball or uh, none at all. And they have, they don't have to do the, everyone throws at the same time thing or anything like that. They just have to focus on their throwing. So it's inevitable in practice. We always go from throwing to team defense. That's the first thing we do. And it's inevitable that on days when they're not focused in throwing in the beginning of the warmup, it instantly turns into that, like throws all over the field. So when that happens, I actually stop the practice and I tell them to go back out and throw because what you're telling me right now, girls, is that you haven't focused in the prep in for the warm up. You haven't even started your focus in the warm up. You have left your brain somewhere else. So you're just going to go back and start throwing and you can tell me when you're focused and ready to come back. So that's that trigger for me to tell them and then their trigger to know that when they come back, they better be focused. Um, and it has nothing to do with if they've warmed up their armor up, it has everything to do with the focus. So that uh, almost always works. In fact, I can't think of a time where it hasn't worked because like we were talking about before we started recording, right? We know they know how to throw. They've proven it to us over and over and over. So it's not physical. It isn't physical at all. So that, that really, it's a little thing. And we were also talking about that before, right? It, the little things matter. So if you can't focus in your throw, throwing, uh, warm up to be ready for practice when we first do team defense, then it's not going to happen in a game. You can't turn that on and turn that off. And that's what we always talk about. You have to be able to perform it in practice consistently in order to expect to perform it in a game consistently. So um, that story came to my mind. I've seen it many times and it's super frustrating, but I think nipping in the bud and not letting it, uh, you know, has worked for me, not letting it to continue. And when it is that bad, there's no point in continuing to actually practice. Yep, <laughs> been there. Uh, but at least you did nip it in the bud. I took the opposite where I was like, I'll talk to him afterward. <laughs> then of course it was like the worst practice ever. I'm pissed about other things too. So I was like, okay, next time. <laughs> uh, so hearing that, Alexis, how do you foresee you showing up to next practice? Because at least for those who weren't with us before here, uh, your leadership group is on board. So that's awesome. Like, how can you bring them in, um, get them talking to girls and maybe do something like Alicia, maybe do something different to help get them focused in practice 
so we can translate it to games. Yeah, um, well, today, I'm just thinking about today because practice is a little bit later tonight, but um, today the weather's bad, so we're going to be hitting indoors mostly, and we have, like, a specific bat warm-up that we do, and, like, during that, like, like kind of same as Alicia said, during their throwing progression and stuff, like, I let them, I let them talk about whatever, as long as they're like, we have different parts to it and there are things that they have to focus on in each of those. So like, as long as they're, um, as long as they're doing those things and they repeat it back to me. So I always say, what do we do here? And then they tell me, and then at the next step, what do we do here? And then they tell me, and then I kind of let them chit chat a little bit. Cause there's, you know, like we practice for like three hours, three and a half, sometimes if it's a long day. So I wanted to make sure that they're not just like a hundred percent well, obviously a hundred percent focus, but you know, I got to give them some off, off time a little bit, but during their bat warm up, though, we have to, we take uh, hitting is like my favorite thing. And I want them to be, it's like so mental, right. That like, they have to start even in the warm up phase of that, be totally into it. And um, so during our bat warm up, like lately I've been watching them and they're all, they're all supposed to do the same thing at the same time. And they've been like changing different times. And I've kind of been a little lax on that, I guess you could say the last few times. So today I'm not going to be as lax on that, making sure they're doing everything they need to. Um, and then there are specific things that we're not doing hitting wise lately that I've also been on my last nerve, I guess you could say. So we're really going to focus on that stuff today. But um, I think part of the struggle for me is that, you know, we're going through a season in a pandemic when we're lucky that we're even playing. So I'm trying to find this balance between um, being super hard on them and at the same time being like, okay, well, at least we're out here playing where other people aren't, you know what I mean? So, but I think I need to start being more disciplined, I guess is the better word than hard on them, more disciplined because they're not really even living up to just our normal standards at the moment. So thing I just need to get back to what I expect from them and holding them to that instead of worrying about how they're feeling all the time which sounds really bad to say that because I do care about how they feel but just that's that's what I meant by that totally get it it's the worry part like okay I know they're also doing all the stress I don't want to put more on them um but yeah cut that out because everyone needs something else to focus on and I swear if I had a coach to be able to like rain down on me and make focus on that when something like this happens i'm in i'd rather focus on having being pissed after run than having to think about testing and all the protocols and all the other crap so i think you're on the right track going back to just getting back to your standards and the girls are on board um so i think if you just kind of had like a reset with them they'd be right on board they would want that too so i'm excited for that but i want to know what are the uh actually at least you got something go ahead yeah, I was just going to say, I can, I can understand, I think, where some of that comes from, because I think of, I just had hitting with my kids yesterday, right? And they were like, yeah, because they're online, partially still. Um, I literally wake up one minute before class starts, I roll out of bed, and then I have two online classes, so I don't have to participate, so I sleep through those. There's zero discipline right now, I think, from, from their structured day that they're what they're used to doing right so they don't have the discipline and I think when other parts of their life don't have the same discipline they're used to it's easy to bring that into softball so uh, I'm glad we had this talk Alexis so now I can be more observant of that and because the little things and the standards and all the things that you just said are exactly the same for me and that are important to me so I think that that's something other coaches too listening can consider their structure and their standard and their discipline has not been there for 
a long time. And I think it's easy to have that just slip into other parts, including softball. The snowball effect, <laughs> not just on defense. <laughs> God. Well, I'm going to pull Carly in here. We got Carly on her lunch break, stealing her away from the J-O-B. Um, so talk to us, girl. I am certain you've been through this as well. Um, so give everybody a quick uh, rundown of who you coach, what you do, and your experience with this uh, lack of focus and what I call mental errors. <laughs> I would just say mental um, troubleshooting um, because some of that feeling of mental troubleshooting, I, we get into the, the fog of cabin fever slash lack of vitamin D slash lack of, um, all of those things of like, I'm trying to troubleshoot this and trying to change that. Um, so background on me, um, <clears throat> I, um, recently have entered in back from, um, coaching, I coached when I was very young as a head coach, uh, no kids and uh, did high school and then took a little bit of a hiatus from high school, went to college and was a development coach uh, for pitching a local um, uh, JUCO and then um, started building my family. Now have three kids and got out of coaching and just did private instruction for quite a while and then was recruited to come back into the high school world. Um, Iowa is a little bit different. Iowa has softball, um, not year round, try to do year round because of weather. Um, however, we are the only state who still has high school during the summer. So we play high school ball during the summer and we compete against all of the, um, you know, traveling teams that want to be exposure teams to, um, all that while our high school season's going on. So, you know, Alexis, you had mentioned about like, Hey, I'm so happy we're still playing. Um, cause of COVID Iowa was actually the first state to go through that process with all the protocols and trying to get baseball softball back in there. Um, however, we, I mean, we, we did our best, but we still struggle with some of that, um, um, in and out of what's hundred percent virtual, if we're hybrid, if we're, you know, and our government has said, you cannot play sports unless you are, um, unless your school is in compliance with um, 100% in-person learning. So if you're a hybrid, you can't. Um, so that has been a huge struggle. So if we talk about access to practice and access to this mental fog, like, and the access to even the focus, it, it sometimes is out of their control. And then it's like, how do I gain them to, to want to be engaged when one, they have chosen to be 100% virtual students. However, our school district is out of compliance. So that means that sports are off. Sports just started back up in December for um, Des Moines Public Schools. And that being said, we didn't have a football season. We didn't have, um, but our suburban schools did. So is, so you talk about even having that pressures of things that like was out of your control and now being able to, to focus on like, how, how do we give the autonomy of having fun and having that conversation with the kids and having that like uh, motivational push, but then also coming back and saying, here are our expectations. Now that you have access to this, let's get going. Let's do this and have some fun too. So um, yeah, I think some of it is just troubleshooting. That's just where I'm at right now. I'm a puzzle gal, so everything's a puzzle to me. <laughs> Though some puzzles are more frustrating and make me want to throw the box against the wall. 
uh, next question for you guys, I guess, is trying to figure out what's distracting them. Short of having a sit down convo with every single person, every single day, we do have to do some mind reading (laughs) sometimes. How do you get to the root of, okay, this, the distraction is COVID right now, or the distraction is just, they're tired and they're like that, that fuzzy focus you're talking about, Carly, how do you figure out what's distracting them so you can snap them back into it? Or occasionally it's a, okay, let's just have a, a light mental practice. Just get some reps. <laughs> uh, Alicia, I'm going to start with you on this one. It's rare that you stump me, <laughs> but uh, as I'm kind of thinking through, I don't think there's any way to really figure it out unless you ask and, and have, and really have the, you know, the safe place for them to be able to speak honestly, because we can't assume as soon as we assume uh, we know what's distracting them or we're going to be wrong. And then that would, you know, dictate how we, how we move forward. So I think whether it's uh, just having them, you know, meet personally, you know, and, and Carly just explained, like, I didn't know that about Iowa. Like, that's really frustrating. And we we went through something similar in Michigan with, with basketball not being able to play when all the surrounding states are able to play. So there's, although that didn't affect me personally, it, I can see there's just all the differences. And that is 100% out of our control. So how do you work through that with your kids, right, when they're just so disappointed? But I think, to go back to your question, Mel, I think it's really important that you ask them and talk to them and even help them figure out what is actually distracting them because they may not even know. So being able to walk through that and have that conversation with them, it, it doesn't have to be one-on-one it could be groups of three. Um, but I think until you find out at the root of is of what is at the distraction or the root of the distraction, um, you can't really solve or work the problem. Like you said. You asked your girls and they said, Oh, <laughs> you're doing it fine coach. <laughs> so to set them up for practice today well we're practicing in like two groups today so they'll get a lot more um one-on-one instruction um which i think will kind of at this point be beneficial for them we kind of did that a little bit yesterday too but um it was as a whole team but i only saw like half the team at a time so they were split up for most of it um i think um I think I'm really good at reading their body language. And even when they're like, I can tell when they're trying to hide something, even like, I think that's, uh, we talked about like superpowers in one of our groups a couple of weeks ago. And I was, I was like, later on, I was like, I think my superpower is like reading their minds kind of. Um, but I'm really good at, I can tell when they're mad. I can tell when they're upset. Um, and then I can also tell when they don't want to talk about something, but I just let them know that like, Hey, like, at some point you're going to need to talk to somebody. It doesn't have to be me. You can go to our assistant coach. You can, you can go to the, the school counselor because they're available. Um, but at some point, whatever's going on is going to need to be talked about. And then um, if there's drama with your roommates or your teammates or something like that, then we kind of address that as quickly as possible because I don't need any of that stuff on the field. And um, we just have to talk about it like adults. And um, that's, one thing that we really try and teach them is just handling situations as adults, which then also holds me accountable to not uh, uh, freaking out like a little child would like throwing a tantrum in a game. I caught myself doing that one day, just one game. I was like, kind of slammed my clipboard a little bit. And then I 
then I was like, sorry guys, that won't happen again, <laughs> but then it did, but it's okay. Um, so I think just, uh, just focusing today on just like giving them that, that attention, which I think might also be lacking on my part, giving that to them over the last couple of weeks. And sometimes, uh, when I get frustrated, Alicia, you said you just, you get all jumbled and you don't know what to say. And I can do the same thing, but I just shut down. And I think there, my coaching has, I don't want to say suffered, but there's been a lack of instruction, especially when I tell kids, when, when I can tell kids are mad, I, sometimes I don't know how to still coach them without like having everything else go downhill. So that's what I'm really going to try and focus on today, at least. Good one. That's a really good point. Cause when everyone is on doing things at the same time, we don't have time to touch on each one of them. So it's way easier for them to lose focus. Ah, good timing for indoor. Thank you weather for that one. <laughs> uh, okay. Carly, what's this 10 to strategy you put in the chat? Oh, so, um, this is a strategy that I actually, uh, do some coaching my job. Um, uh, I a, oversee our PE programming at Des Moines public schools. So what I do is I, I work with teachers and coach them to be better teachers, I would say, or just how am I going to be able to deliver the content and re-engage my students. So, um, I am excited to try um, to utilize this more, but I did this in um, the college setting is working on identifying how to use the 10 to two strategy. I'm going to, you can do it two ways. You can pick out two students that you really want to spend 10 extra time with in, in, in 10 minutes of extra time. So that you are identifying those two students that you were saying, uh, Alexa, you have that superpower to be able to you know, um, identify like the body language. And so then that next time after practice, you are identifying what are you going to do to get to know, like Alicia said, I, I need to ask those questions. I need to get to know you of what, what's your, what's, what's going on. Um, and then, uh, you pick those two students and then that rotates, uh, within two weeks at a time. So, um, you're, you're identifying those extra minutes, but dedicating that specifically to that student, um, and in that practice. So when you're talking about even having indoor practice, uh, you are really focusing on when you're having that one-on-one -on -one or that individual time when that student comes into your, um, just your bubble, um, that you're asking some of those questions and identifying what the body language that you're getting, um, getting back from them. Or you can flip it uh, depending on in the world of PE, we have unfortunately large class sizes. So we sometimes flip it around and say, you're gonna spend two minutes with 10 extra students today. Um, and so however big that uh, or small that you can make that, it just becomes a little bit more manageable from a coaching standpoint uh, of knowing like, okay, I'm gonna pull these students or I'm gonna pull, you're saying that Alexa, you have two groups going on, but I'm gonna identify one person from one group and one person from this group on this day. And I'm going to ask X, Y, and Z. And it becomes more of a purposeful and intentional practice versus just, um, just saying, okay, like you said, I'm gonna throw my clipboard over to the side or I'm gonna like, you know, all those frustrations that come up, it becomes more of that purposeful intentionality of that coaching or even that, that teaching point. So that's what I call the 10 to 2 strategy. You share that boot camp too. I like that one. And it's funny, you said uh, purpose. Uh, and I just wrote that down too, to talk about later <laughs> was, I would like to hear your guys' thoughts on this. I find for myself, when I have a purpose, it's much easier to focus. If I have a really clear purpose that I'm excited about, nothing can distract me. Okay. Children can distract me, but not much can distract me. <laughs> um, so I'm wondering 
how can that then transfer to our players? I really love these strategies for helping them, especially if there's something specific getting in their way. Um, but then when it's something more like, I don't know, coach, <laughs> I just wasn't focused. <laughs> I think it'd be maybe a different strategy to like, just make them get really clear on their one purpose for that day, that drill, that moment. How do you see that playing out, Alicia? That's an awesome strategy. I love it. And it's like you mentioned, it's intentional. And I think that that's what's so important about everything that we do, right? The practice plan is intentional and the drill is intentional. And I think that it goes a long way when the benefits are explained and, or the reasons are explained at a time. And I think Alexis said that too, about her hitting, um, with the purposeful hitting, uh, and the progression that she has and the things that have been laid out by, by her, for her girls. And I think when they can understand and connect to the reasons why it is so much easier for them to be focused. And if they don't, it almost always is a direct correlation to their, to their ability to focus. So I think that, um, just making that intentional connection with everything, right. Uh, like Carly's strategy, like Alexis's plan for the warmups with hitting and everything that she does with her hit, uh, throwing as well. Uh, same for me for my throwing. My my intention for them for their warm up is to not only physically warm up their arms but mentally prepare. So and I think when you can connect those and, and make that, that's really the best piece that you can that you can do for your kids. Alexis, what's this? You're you're nodding. I see. Like, ooh, what you thinking now? <laughs> Um, it kind of brought me back to one day um, last season, so 2020, um, you know, I was talking to our volleyball coach on campus and I was like, I just don't know, like we had our theme and everything, but like, I just felt like the girls were like, weren't buying into it or anything like that. And then she's like, well, have them, you know, tell them before practice, hey, you're going to, while we do our warm up, while we do our dynamic, I want you to think about what word you're going to focus on today. And then at the end of dynamic, we're all going to go around and share it so that you can all hold each other to that word. And um, I don't know why I haven't done that yet, because the day we did it was like a really good day. And I think everybody went really hard. Um, Granted, like we were outside, there was a lot more defense, a lot more communication stuff going on. But um, this year, our theme is like compete. And, um, you know, Jake Thompson was on your podcast uh, probably a couple months uh, last fall. And um, we kind of been using some of his stuff and um, we have like competitors of the day um, for like outworking your talent. And we like give them stickers and everything. And we like, you know, do like a little interview with them and put them up on social media and stuff like that. And I think we kind of got away from that last week just because of the timing. We had a game. Um, We uh, I forgot the sticker before practice. It left it in my office and I didn't give it to anybody. So then I just kind of forgot about it. And then now here it's been over a week and we haven't had another competitor. So I think um, I kind of got to get back to that a little bit too, because they, they enjoy it. And, you know, it kind of gives them their, their little bit, I don't want to say a little bit of fame because they're not, that's not why they're doing it, but you know, they get to put out on social media and then you get to see all the parents checking in on them and things like that. So um, we got to, I think I got to get back to that a little bit. One of the distractions I think they're also struggling with right now, I was going to say this earlier, is that, you know, we're in our own little bubble, right? We created a little bubble. You're not really allowed to leave it. You're not really allowed to have anybody come into it either. And they're struggling with that. And they're, they haven't seen their parents. They haven't seen their boyfriends or their girlfriends or anybody like that. And it's, I think it's just been really hard for them. And um, 
I was like, yeah, I haven't seen my parents since New Year's either, you know, and, and they live two hours away. They're really close. And um, our assistant coach is from a different state and she hasn't seen her parents since New Year's either. And so I think, I think we need to be a little more open with them too, but also I think that's a distraction that that's hurting them more than I thought it would. Like they got emotional just talking about their parents, which I do too. So I don't blame them for that, but <laughs> for sure, that's a real one that's going to distract them. And then it's like every team, like throughout the season, there gets more drama and more like getting sick of each other too, but now it's going to be accelerated because <laughs> they're together so much more earlier. So that'll definitely have to be on the back burner, but I really love your idea for practice too. I think all these things are going to come together really nicely for next games um, when you focus back in on it. But to talk to your point of like, I don't know why I didn't do that. <laughs> That's coaching. <laughs> There's so many things that we have to do, need to do, want to do. Um, the list is endless. So I think just taking the time to, that's why I love talking with Alicia during season. Um, like she's like, Oh yeah, yeah. This is what I want to do now. <laughs> Cause all it took was her say it out loud. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I feel like I helped. <laughs> and then, yeah, to your point again, who doesn't love recognition? I'll take a compete sticker. <laughs> oh, I had a different point on that and I got distracted. So <laughs> Carly, what are you? <laughs> I saw me <I'm> laugh. <laughs> Carly, what are your thoughts now going into hopefully your season gearing up here? Yeah, um, I actually am going to correlate a little bit of that um, in your conversation of um, the bubble, Alexis, that you talked about. Um, something you don't know is my my father, um, he coaches at a Division three softball um, NCAA Division three, um, just a little south of here. Um, and one of the things that he, he's been there for 18 years and he said that he's struggling, even though he can see myself and I'm in his bubble and how often he has to get tested and how often he has to come back and forth and the conversations he has with his um, own college players, that that is a, a huge effect to um, the cohorts in which that they have access to. And one of the things that um, they are doing a lot is there is a uh, communication that he forwards to me every day, which is awesome and it has like a small like um, challenge motivational clip for the day um, and then it kind of reflects like um, he's just an assistant coach but they reflect upon like um, what happened this morning during practice um, we have 12 practices done so that shows like that um, we're getting like that progress and it says I feel like we're getting better every day here's our motivational clip um, and then they work around uh, living what they call the three c's and um, the three C's, I asked him, because I was like, okay, you got to tell me what this secret is. You know, I'm always trying to get that secret. Uh, and he said championship people who are championship teammates who have championship life skills, the three C's. And that is constantly being reminded uh, for him and saying, you know, as much as this is hard, we are championship people first. And that reminded me of the boot camp that um, athletes uh, are second and people are first when we had talked with um um, coach Murphy, I believe. Um, and, and so like that common conversation to, um, making our, uh, athletes know that like, this is hard, let's validate your feelings. Let's understand that. And, and that's the difference between we are athletes and we are championship people who are great teammates and we have to lean on each other. So that's the first point I wanted to just reiterate. Um, but second I had put in the chat, um, 
I want to do a little bit more around um, like the purposeful practice that you that we had talked about the intentionality. But uh, when you talk about implementation of the uh, like, let's get to, let's get determined to do X. Let's get determined to do this. Um, I work on with my pitchers and catchers um, on the power of three and keeping it super simple for them to reflect every single time. What are three things that you can do well? What are three things that you need to work on? What are three things that you like? So there's constant reflection. And then I leave them with that. Okay. If you're driving, what are you doing while you're driving? And I call that window reflection time. So like that, I give you three questions to think about. And so that that power of three is always coming back. And whether that's, you know, a question prompt from me, whether that's a question prompt that's in a journal, whether that's however, if it's on the back of your computer screen or on your cell phone screen that you're always reflecting on that three there's something that goes with even our game of three three strikes you're out you know but three strikes or three balls we're close to the getting on base you know so it's like figuring out how can you get to that um power three so just wanted to add that in such good stuff um now i want to bring it to so now i think we have a lot of great strategies for practices now let's bring it into game day because as we talked about in the beginning, Alexis, and I think you just alluded to it, Carly, and Alicia and I talk about it all the time. Uh, it's one thing to say that they're going to do one thing and one thing to have these great goals. It's nothing to actually do it on game day when the pressure's on and when there's a million more distractions. Um, so I'll throw this to Alicia first. Um, what are some of the things that you do to get them focus in on game day and then be able to refocus quickly during games when everything is going really quickly? I think it starts in practice. It, again, kind of like what we talked about in the beginning, you can't you can't expect as a player or a coach for, for them just to be able to turn it on right during the game. And I know that that's what the the key frustration is. But I think a lot of athletes expect that. So we create a lot of distractions in practice. Um, one of them, especially leading up to playoffs, for example, is uh, I will play loud crowd noise uh, over the speakers, right? So just to to have simulate the environment that's loud. Right. Of course, it's not like this football game, loud crowd noise, but we have been um, in a big game on a different field where the, the noise all reverberates right down onto the field and you can't hear anything. So I think that that's really just one of many examples. Right. So um, making making things uh, nearly impossible to, to complete in practice. Right. Or putting every single drill that day under time and pressure on um, almost every single practice we have has a drill under time and pressure. Um, uh, the very first day of pitching uh, warmups or practices that we had last February, I, my senior pitcher who unfortunately didn't get to have her season. I don't remember where I stole the drill from, but I took some buckets and I went over and uh, she was pitching her curveball and I aligned, I stacked the buckets and I created a space about six, six inches, maybe 12. I don't know. It was well, probably six inches wide. And I said, I told the catcher where to line up and I said, put the ball right through the buckets. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, well, you know, I want you to try it. And as soon as she started to have a little bit of a, I said, what's your mentality going to be, you know? And she stepped up there and I think on the second or third try, she got it. And she celebrated. It was like, so always giving that, um, that, that practice where, and also in practice we move, right? There's, because you don't ever stand around in the game. So we move in practice. So it's every little thing that you can do to speed up practice and to make it fast. So the game seems almost a little slower. 
Yes. That's an excellent point that I cannot believe I haven't made till now. Um, I, one of the biggest attractions in games is pressure, is self-doubt, is the questions going on in our heads, is that negative self-talk or just, I don't know, looking at what the other team's doing, the uncontrollables. So I think that's what you're speaking to here is when we have, Lexus, you talked about your, when we get some more competitive drills back. Um, Alicia, you always do something with a game and competition at the end, even just like leveling up the expectations. Like you either get all these 10 in a row or you run, they'll be like, (laughs) having uh, specific outcomes you have to do. And if they don't, there's a consequence. That's always a good way to go about it. Um, but I think if we're training them that way in practice, that way when we get to games, even if they do get a little overcome by the moment, maybe it is a big, really big game. Maybe it is something brand new, like the crowd noise is deafening. Um, they can still relate it back to, okay, but we figured this out in practice. We got this. Uh, Alexa, it's your turn. How I know you prepared your girls. So next games, if you had no more practices, you got rained out and uh, your indoor facility lost power <laughs> so you had to go into games and no more practices what would you remind them of or what would you like point to and say like you've practiced this before oh that's a good question um we always do like a breathing routine before practice starts and before games um and i think like during that I don't, I don't know what they're thinking. Obviously I can tell who the ones that are um, taking the breathing seriously, because you can see their chest rise and fall. And then there's ones that don't take it seriously because you see them fidgeting and you see them not breathing when I'm saying inhale and exhale type things. So um, I I think kind of just reminding them that, um, you know, the games might sound a lot worse when I talk about them than they really have been just because I'm really, I'm really hard and critical and, I mean, there are times when we have fought back in games where we have tied it, we've taken the league, we've come through with clutch hits at times, um, but then there were just too many times when that didn't happen, and I, that's obviously what I tend to focus on. But I think just reminding them that, um, look, we played, we had 13 scrimmages in the fall. Granted, they were against our team, but we scored however many runs. I can't remember what the number was off the top of my head. And so we know we can hit the ball. Look, we we struck out this many this we struck out our own teammates this many times as pitchers. So we know that we can keep people off the bases. Not that we focus on strikeouts, but like you know, you know that you can be successful as a pitcher. We just got to get back to that that routine. Um, and I think I think we need to spend more time on what our routine is. We talk about it, but I don't know if we actually. Well, I know we don't spend enough time actually practicing it. Um, and putting it into just, I, I did it a few times in the fall and then I would watch them do it. And like, they wouldn't take it seriously. And in the fall, I was by myself. I didn't have an assistant and there were 25 girls. So it was kind of hard for me to like throw front toss while watching that person, making sure they're, they're doing the routine while they're on deck. And, um, so that's a, that's a, that's a little bit on me, but now that I have an assistant, I think we can definitely incorporate that some more. And, um, that just, the routines are huge and it's all about self-talk and what you're saying to yourself. And we actually talked a little bit about that on uh, yesterday, actually yesterday after practice um, is we're reading a book and that was part of part of the chapter that they're reading. And um, so, yeah, I think just getting back to our routines and just like visualizing good things happening and saying good things to ourselves to put us in the right mind frame, I think is what I'll remind them of. So good. And I will 
reiterate that it is our jobs to be critical. <laughs> like literally our role as a coach. Um, but then if we can put it, the responsibility on them to like, but you need to remember the good things. You need to help each other see like, oh, you did your routine that time. Like I saw it, that you did better that time or I saw you try or, hey man, <laughs> you forgot and you could tell. <laughs> so putting that back on them, like if coaches aren't critical, we're not going to help them grow. We're not going to see the things that need to be improved. So we got to keep doing it. Um, Alicia, I want to hear what you got to say on this. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's also important to tie back the ownership to their goals, right? So uh, constantly asking them, what are your goals? Like, if this is what you want to do, then this is what we need to do to get there. My job is to help you along the way, right? Uh, hold you accountable. And kind of like what Carly was saying about the championship, the, the way that you do things, the way that you do everything translates to on the field, as a team, et cetera, et cetera. So if, if you're not going to take, for example, the routines that we're trying to develop or that, that is important at the beginning of the season and you can't even take that seriously, then how do you expect to achieve your goals? Yes, there is a lot of adversity. We have, we have the bubble issue to deal with, and especially in college. We have the not seeing friends and family. We have COVID to deal with. We have disappointments all the time. All of that, which is to some extent uncontrollable, yet controllable, right? So focus on the controllables and the day-to-day. -day. And if we just need to take it one day at a time, that's fine. But really reiterating just the fact that the way we do everything is, is how we do. It, it, it translates to everything that we do. So if this is what you want to achieve, this is what we're going to have to do. And when those things aren't um, happening every day, that's when we get to the point where we can hold you accountable. And I have said this before, I have just ended practice because it was counterproductive in the way that they were doing things. I said, you know, it's just not going to happen today. We aren't going to continue to practice this way because you aren't giving me what, what you said you were going to give me in order to achieve the goals. It hasn't happened often because I think we need to have some grace there, but I think that's just the mentality that we've got to have as coaches too, being critical and holding them accountable. Thoughts? Lots of them. Um, you know, I go back to even some of the podcasts that I've been listening to from um, in the past. I've talked, I don't even, I can't remember when it happened, but um, talking about routines, there, there has to be that process that goes within that. And every single individual has to have that process, but then you also have to have your team process too. Um, and you guys can jump in, but there, there was podcasts you, you had had a guess around um, like, what's your red light, your yellow and your green. And um, so when you talk about that mental fogginess right now, or like the distractions you talk about, um, you know, we've practiced this before we have our routines in place and um, it, it's being able to identify, okay, I have now found that that part of my process is broken. And that is my yellow caution of saying, okay, what do I have to do now to go back to reiterating what the self-doubt that creeped in? That's my caution um, sign that I have to go back and try to figure out how am I going to get back in the green? How am I going to, you know, like stop myself now um, and, and having that open conversation about that process at the same time so that that uh, in, in, even if it's not in practice, but it's also um, you're talking about that within the game setting. Like I am noticing that that routine looks different. Why? And, um, and being upfront 
and um, identifying it right then and then giving them that reflection time to go back and say, okay, what are your next steps for your next process as you come up to bat? Like there's been plenty of times um, as a pitcher who also hit um, and was told in college, when you pitch, you don't get to hit, but then your next, your next game, you're not going to pitch. You can be the designated hitter. Okay. So playing that mental game with myself. Okay. What's my process when I'm doing this? Why can't I do both? I had to completely take myself out of that because that wasn't my control. And I had to figure out, okay, as I was starting to get some self doubt of my hitting, like when it was my turn, my job as a designated hitter was to get off and make sure I was warm to make something happen. And I had to like, sounds silly, but I had to like talk myself up in like the back, like of my head and going and like in between innings, like running back and forth and like talking myself, like I can get warm. I can do this, you know, whereas in, because a designated hitter, sometimes it's the hardest position to do because you're not on the field where they're staying warm and they're in every single pitch. Um, so I think going back and, and identifying what you said, Alexis, of like, we know that routine and if that routine is poor, how do we stop it and how do we re-engage it? So understanding kind of that red light, green light, caution light process. Oh, that was such a good point. And that made me think of your girls, Alexis, the ones that oh, half the team that has to sit outside <laughs> at the dugout. Thank you, COVID. That could be a really good thing for them to think about too. Like you're stuck out here. It feels like you have nothing to do, but you do need to be engaged in a part of the team. So what do you do out there? <laughs> that could be part of their <laughs> on the outside bench routine. <laughs> so that made me think of that. Any other thoughts, you guys going forward? We'll wrap it up here just with how you think about this focus thing. Maybe how we as coaches can model that for them as well. I think at the end of the day, it's a choice. And I, you know, I tell the kids that all the time, you have choices and you can either choose to come and focus or choose to do your routine or choose to look me in the eye when I'm talking or not. So um, it's tough. They're always not going to make the right choice. And that's, that's part of, that's part of it. Right. I think the expectation should not be perfection in those things, but I think just recognizing that they have a choice in all of it is really what's important and hold them accountable to the choice. So what are you going to choose today? You're going to choose to participate. You're going to choose to give them your best effort. You're going to choose to be the best teammate or not. It's the last two things you said, Alicia, we've talked about. It's really funny that when you were saying, this is what you set your goals to, and we're not living up to them. I literally said that yesterday. And it's like, your goals you set are way up here. Like, but the way we're practicing and the way we're taking things is like way down here. And I was, I was laughing to myself when you were saying that, cause I'm like, I'm glad I'm not crazy for saying that because I felt like what I was saying was totally true. Um, and then we talk about choices a lot, especially, of course, I hate bringing COVID back into it, but there's a lot of choice. Every choice that you make doesn't just affect them it affects our team and it affects their roommates who play other sports and all that stuff. But um, I think just, I think if we, I think we just need to remember that one, they're, they're kids, right. And you can't expect them to be, to be perfect all the time. And, um, I celebrate, I tried to acknowledge when they, um, you know, dive for a ball and they miss it. Um, but I was like, Hey, next time you're going to get that. Cause now, you know, you can, you were, you were right there. Now you just know one second sooner, half a step quicker, something like that. Now, you know, like that, that was great effort. Um, or like relays, you know, it's funny. I was talking about bad throwing. I think a relays 
ironically have been really good, but we just can't make the 20 foot throw. You know what I mean? But we have really great relays and every time we get somebody out from it or we make a good relay in practice or anything, we just, we, we hype up the people that weren't even, that don't normally get the recognition, right? Like the outfielder, yeah, they misread that ball, but Hey, they picked it up and they got it in really fast, right on target. The cut made a good relay or, um, I don't know. I just try and acknowledge those, the ones that don't always get acknowledged in those situations. So. Good one. Carly, you're up. Uh, so going back to like the boot camp back in August when I was needing some of that uh, just feeling of um, motivation, my own self of um, getting myself out of that uh, fog of like, okay, what have, what have I done? I have now gotten this job of taking care of many more people in my softball family, I would say. Um, and, and Alexis, you bring a great point of like, providing affirmation so when we talk emotions and we talk mental and we talk physical part of it I would love to not only have like what coach Murphy has is that affirmation week of knowing that every single person is involved in our team and this is how and we're going to celebrate that Um, however that setting the foundation and then continuing the affirmation. Um, But then also knowing that practice, I would love for practice to start to shift, not, and I've talked about this in my pitching lessons of not 90 or hundred percent physical skills. We're splitting that and it is 50% mental and it is 50% physical. And then you talk about how to, how to actually have socialization happen within those um, and in my regular job world, um, thinking of like that mental health triangle or that the health triangle of like having physical, mental, emotional, and social skills of what that looks like in a setting. Like, these are kids. These are, these are our kids. And these are, our, uh, we have to understand that we have to balance that triangle as much as we can. And there are sometimes where that triangle is upside down and how are we going to be able to scaffold it back up? Um, and, and it is our job to figure that out. And um, sometimes we see a lot of uh, parents coaches or even our own kids running away from that you know like it's upside down so see you later bye um and it's our job to like come back here let's reel you in um let's understand that and let's affirm your feelings and let's affirm that like this is this is hard um how can I help you and and going into uh kind of what you said Alicia is like I need to know what's going on and using that superpower Alexis that you said of just um, understanding that body language of, of knowing that, gosh, this is, this is important. You're important to our team. And this is why now I need you to be a part of that conversation as we move forward. And that's because we need you. It's not individual. And this is why. And that is it for today. Shout out to Alexis and Carly for allowing us to share bits of their stories too. It's always so reaffirming to hear that others are going through the same stuff as you. So if you can walk away with anything from this episode, I hope that's it. We've got your back. You're in our club now. You're a sweet spotter if you listened all the way here, especially. So go have a great rest of your week. We got you. Reach out if you need anything. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one.